Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. Listen again for the Word of the Lord from the Gospel of Matthew in the 28th chapter. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, They worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. There's a version of the Easter story that goes like this. It's the dawn of of Easter morning. Mary Magdalene and another Mary, they went to look at the tomb. There was an earthquake. There was an angel from heaven that that rolled away the stone, sat on top of it. There were guards there, but they were so terrified they passed out. And the angel told the women that Jesus wasn't there. He had been raised from the dead. The angel showed them where his body was wasn't. Then the angel told the Marys, go and tell the disciples that he's raised from the dead, that they should go to Galilee and they will see him. As the women turned to go, uh, Matthew says they turned to go with great fear and excitement. Jesus appeared in front of them. They grabbed his feet and worshiped him. And then he told them himself to go and tell the others to go to Galilee and he will meet them there. And so that is what the Marys did. They obeyed. That's Matthew's version of the Easter story. In that story, the disciples do not run to the tomb to see for themselves. They don't dismiss the women as simply telling an idle tale. Jesus, in Matthew's version, does not show up in a locked room, doesn't show his hands and his side to Thomas. There is no a party on the beach for 40 days after where Jesus is cooking fish and eating bread and all of that stuff that John tells us about. No, that is not how Matthew tells it. Matthew, they hear from the women, they Find him on a mountain. 
See, in in Matthew's version, on Easter morning, the disciples, all 11 of them, believe the women and they obey. They do as they are told. Finally. There's no talking back. There's no discussion. There is just plain obedience. They do as the angel told them, as Jesus told them, as Mary and Mary told them. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. And as they saw him, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Every one of the gospel writers has something unique to offer the life of the Christian faith, especially in the Easter story. Matthew's is a pretty scaled-down telling of the rex- as a resurrection day. The resurrection happens in the last chapter of Matthew, and that's what we just heard. It gets to the heart of the matter. It gets to the heart of disciplined discipleship. United States sailors and Marines have a pretty unique definition of discipline, one that is ingrained in every recruit and officer at the very beginning of training. I, for one, cannot hear the word discipline without being immediately transported in my mind back to a field in Newport, Rhode Island, where Navy chiefs shouted over and over, what is discipline? And we shouted back the reply over and over, while doing push-ups. What? Discipline. D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N-E. The instant willing obedience to orders, respect for authority, and self-reliance chief. The instant willing obedience to orders, respect for authority, and self-reliance. Discipline. It's not exactly the answer that Merriam-Webster would give, but when saying it all in perfect unison and loud enough to appease the chiefs and drill instructors is the only way to make the push-ups stop, then I bet even the dictionary editors would come around to it. I think the drill instructors would also finally be pleased with the disciples' response to the command of Jesus. The disciples finally show some discipline Some D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N-E. They finally show instant, willing obedience to his order. They show respect, finally, for his authority. Disciple and discipline, they do share the same root word, after all, don't they? They come from the, the Latin word that is disciplia, which is a teaching and instruction, an orderly conduct based on moral training. This is what military training is all about, about uh, making sure that new service members know how to do their jobs well, especially under stress and while maintaining adherence to a moral code. Jesus' disciples spent time following him to learn his teachings to follow his instruction, to adopt his moral code upon themselves through their training with him. He was their teacher. They were his students. To be a disciple of Jesus was and is a 
discipline. They were told that he is risen. They were told to go to Galilee to see him. And so they went, finally, showing an instant, willing obedience to his order, to the women's direction, a respect for their authority. Those disciples did not ask questions. They did not make excuses. They did not have all of the information. They had simply his command via Mary and Mary. And so they went. Jesus was raised from the dead. He gave a command. Therefore, his followers obeyed. They had a therefore. Jesus gave a command. Therefore, his disciples had a response. And now so do we. See, once the first 11 disciples obeyed Jesus' command and they found him on top of the mountain, he gave them another command. Only this time it was a command not just to those 11, it was a command to all of his followers for all time. A new therefore. With all of the authority of God, the creator, the father, Jesus tells his disciples, therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That is a direct order from one with authority. Remember Moses? How long before Jesus, Moses went up onto a mountain and, and he met with God. What did Moses get up on top of that mountain? Does anybody remember? Ten Commandments. Moses went up on top of that mountain, met with God, and came back down with the law, with Ten Commandments. So there's a good reason, I think, that Jesus had his disciples meet him on top of the mountain. Because God is giving them a new commandment. It is a law. And it is the gospel. So there is only one way to respond as a disciple. With the instant, willing obedience to his order to go and make disciples. We have a therefore that we are commanded to live. So I'm curious from you all in this discussion about obedience, instant willing obedience. How does that sit with you? What, what's your reaction to that kind of obedience, this kind of unquestioning commitment to what is Commanded. How does that sit with you? Any thoughts? Yeah, it's a little uneasy. Yeah, Kate. A little resistance. Yeah, a little resistance. That's, that's natural. Anybody really just want to be told what to do without having to question it? I will tell you that I kind of enjoyed the boot camp experience as a parent, as a, a leader, 
to finally just be told what to do with no option otherwise? Just do push-ups. Great, yeah, okay. But, but really in our lives, there's a little resistance. Maybe there's somebody in your life that, that if they told you just to do something that you don't, you don't need to know anything else, you just got it. But that's a person you probably really trust, right? Yeah. This kind of discipline is hard to find in the world today, especially for Americans, where we love our democracy our independence, our freedom, where this kind, where where would you even find this kind of obedience evident today? I mean, have you looked inside of a classroom lately at any level? Maybe used to be that in a classroom you would find that kind of obedience, but we're struggling with that in our classrooms today. What about in some households? Right? Yeah, we struggle with finding places where there is that kind of respect for authority, that kind of obedience. We have a complicated relationship with authority, and that's in part because in many places that some of those with that kind of authority have misused it, and so we've lost trust and respect. It's much harder for obedience to be seen as virtuous in those with authority if we don't see them as trustworthy. But Jesus, Jesus is always worthy of our trust. He earned it. And he has shown himself time and time again as the one with authority who is trustworthy. And so we can obey, trusting that we are being, what we are being commanded to do is good. It is for our good. It is for the good of the whole creation. Therefore, we can live this therefore and simply obey. Go, make disciples of all nations. Create a diverse community. Baptize all in one God named Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's actually a a kind of freedom that comes with this simple trust and instant obedience. It may seem to our independence-conditioned minds that we are giving up freedom by simply obeying Jesus without question, without all of the understanding that we may want. But when you simply understand that he is trustworthy, then you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about all of the rest. See, what Matthew says about those finally obedient disciples is that not only did they get up and get to see the risen Jesus because they just obeyed what the women said, that when they saw him, they worshipped him. And it says, but some doubted. But some doubted. They worshipped him even while some of them doubted. Some of the 11 disciples, and they still had some questions. But they worshipped him. 
They had some misgivings, some wavered, but that did not keep them from obeying, from worshiping him. See, they probably had a million questions. I know that I would. Would you have any questions when the risen Lord that you saw dead and buried is suddenly standing on top of a mountain? Do you think you'd have just a few questions? Maybe even a doubt? But also, what would that feel like to see the one who truly loved you without a doubt standing in front of you? Matthew says they worshipped him, and they didn't understand at all. They obeyed, but they doubted. We don't have the whole picture of heaven and earth of the Trinity, of the ways of God? No, so, so it makes sense that we have more questions than answers. It makes sense that we have doubts, but having doubts is not an excuse for not obeying Jesus' command. And so isn't that freeing? <sighs> you can just obey. You can just trust him. I suspect that most of you who have had some kind of uh, hand in raising a child know that there is a phase in life when the questions come in, the constant questioning. It's a good and it's a natural part of a child's development, but there are plenty of times when a child, you just need your child to obey. A mother and her child are finishing up the grocery shopping And as they're heading out of the store, the mother starts to see the the clouds accumulating, maybe a little bit like yesterday evening, starts to feel the winds change, and she says, quick, get in the car. There's no more time for for words, but the child doesn't understand all of those signs that the the mother sees. The child doesn't understand, and so so she starts to question, and she starts to argue, and, and, and the mother finally just says, just do what I said. We don't have all of the answers. We don't even know all the questions. We don't have the understanding But the one who is giving us the orders is Jesus. The one with authority. Authority that we can trust. Go and make disciples, he says. And maybe we don't know exactly what that means. Or how to do that. Maybe we don't know exactly what it means to baptize in the name of one with three names. Or what difference that could make to the world. What difference that could make to our own lives. Maybe we don't understand what it all means. We don't have all the information. But we have a command. And so we go. We do, as we're told, trusting that he's telling the truth when he said, and look, I'll be with you. I'll be with you every day. The heart of discipleship is discipline, which is our training as followers of Jesus to obey his commands, to love one another as he has loved us, to baptize in his name. At the heart of discipleship is obedience, and at the heart of obedience is listening. 
That's actually what the word obedience means. It's, it's from the Latin word that is to give ear, to hearken, to listen. Obedience is simply to listen. Discipline is obedience, and obedience is discipline because it takes practice to listen. Discipline is hard. <laughs> Listening is hard in a world full of noise, full of different voices, products, technologies competing for our attention. It can be difficult to listen. But to obey Jesus, we have to have time to find the space to listen to the one who promised his spirit is with us and speaking to us, as Ashley said earlier, guiding us in the way of discipleship. We have to practice listening. Or we may just pass by God without even noticing his voice. In order to obey, we have to give ear. And in order to hear, we have to take time to listen. To find space in the chaos, in the grind. He can speak in the quiet of the church. He can speak to you in your prayer and study of scripture. He can even speak to you in the conversations that you have. I'll end with this. I was just talking to a friend a couple days ago about the question of contentment. It's one that's been on my mind a lot over the last several years. What does it mean to be content? And how there have been times when I really wanted to simply be content where I am with, with what is before me, but there would then come in a restlessness. Anybody ever get that just stirring? I wondered, I asked him, I wondered if, if he thought maybe there was something that I, I could do to control it, to, make, to help make myself be content when times like that occurred. Later that day, he texted me, he said he'd been thinking about that question. He said, at certain times, I believe the restlessness is the spirit. The restlessness is the spirit. He was able to say that because he was really listening to me. And God answered my question because we took time to listen to each other deeply. And his little text brought me so much peace. It helped me to obey God's command. So, beloved disciples, followers of Jesus, I invite you to the discipline of obedience. Take time to simply listen for the voice of the one who made you, who loves you, whom you can trust, and who calls you to share your heart in the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Amen. Thank you.